Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're here this weekend. There's a lot going on. Obviously, you know that. Uh, God really has us in a season of expansion and just a season of fresh new beginnings. Amen. And it's not time to be missing church at all. Amen. Praise God. Okay. So many of you are familiar with the fact you saw um, on our video uh, about the announcement uh, that we're expanding into Wall Township in Monmouth County. And so I want to review a little bit about that. I talked extensively about it last weekend. If you were not here last weekend, please go online. Please make sure that you familiarize yourself with everything that's going on. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, in almost every Bible, even, even online, when you come to this portion of Scripture, it's usually preceded by the title, The Great Commission. But we here at New Beginnings have reduced it down to one word, and that word is reach. That's what we're about. We're about reaching Central Jersey in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Reaching them with what? Reaching them with the gospel. Reaching them with the love of God. Reaching everybody possible with the uncompromised, full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So in order to accomplish Matthew 28, we've got to reach everyone everywhere. And we talked again, like I said, extensively last week about this. And again, please go online. Please listen to the message from last weekend. Why do we need to plant more churches? Well, for us specifically, it's because this is the command the Lord's given us. You know, um, For many, many years, uh, we could see that God was developing individuals, developing people, developing uh, our, our leadership team, just developing our ability to be able to expand. And we see that now is the time. Why do we need to go? For two basic reasons. Number one, because the message is too good to keep to ourselves. Amen. You missed a real good opportunity. I said, because the message is too good to keep to ourselves. Amen. Number two, because Jesus said so. And we obey his commands. Amen. You got a little weak on that time. So, because Jesus said so. And we obey his commands. Amen. Amen. Good. So the message that we're talking about is a message that can transform people's lives. Just like you that are sitting here right now, your life has been transformed. Those of you that are newcomers, your life is on its way to being transformed. And we go in degrees of transformation. We go from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. So Jesus has a vision for the church. Imagine that. He is the head of the church. The church, the vision that he has that the church is an army of believers living on earth, carrying out his ministry, the ministry of Jesus. That's who we are. We're carrying on his ministry. He is the head of the church. We are the ground troops, if you would put it that way. We're the ones that go and we occupy territory and we influence communities and we save marriages and we put families back together and we restore health in individuals' lives, uh, spiritually, uh, mentally, uh, physically. Amen? Amen. 
We instill hope in people who feel hopeless because of the circumstances of life. Amen. So, the church is a manifestation of God's desire to reach the lost. The Great Commission is an expression of his love. Now, I want you to, to you're going to hear a lot of these phrases that I'm about to, to give you. Some of you have heard them before. Maybe some of you are going to hear them for the first time. God's heart for the lost can be described in just a few sentences. That the lost be saved, that the saved be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that the filled grow up spiritually. Would you say that with me? Let's start with number one. That the lost be saved, that the saved be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that the filled would grow up spiritually. That is the mission that Jesus has given to the church. Amen? Amen. And the church is the only group on earth that's empowered by God to bring these to pass. Every believer on earth is called to play a part in fulfilling the desires of God, our Father in heaven. And the Father's greatest desire is for you to have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And once you have received God's forgiveness, then we are ready to fulfill the rest of his plan in our life. That is a quote from Charles Stanley, one of the greatest Bible teachers in America right now. That is the goal of God the Father, to bring us into relationship with himself through Jesus. Remember, it took the blood of Jesus. It took his death, burial, and resurrection to satisfy all the wrath of God. And once that wrath was, was satisfied, once that punishment was placed on the Lord Jesus Christ and he took it upon himself willingly, that made the way open for you and I to come back in relationship with God our Father. Amen? Amen. We're, the, we're the most content when we're walking out in our God-given calling in life. Man, I can attest to this. I can attest to this. I wish I could bring back people from the past that knew me when, uh, in different stages of life. Uh, just, just uh, I don't know, how, I don't know how, what your life journey has been like, but mine has been like there would be little spurts of contentment when I would stumble upon God's will for my life at that particular season. And then that would get accomplished, and then it was time to move into the next phase of life, and there would be a period of frustration. When I was in business, okay, there were times when business was really good and things were going well, but I still felt frustrated. You listening to me? Because our contentment, our spirit is not satisfied with worldly contentment. Our spirit, who we really are on the inside, is not content when, we, when we're just accomplishing natural things. There has got to be an eternal redemptive quality to everything that we do or our spirit on the inside feels unfulfilled. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. And we're the most content when we walk in the God-given calling of our life. That doesn't mean that everybody has to be in, in the public ministry. We're all in the ministry. Every believer is in the ministry according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We've all been called to be ambassadors of Christ. We're ministers of reconciliation. God is counting on you and counting on me to reconcile the lost to him. Amen? Amen. Whatever vocation, whatever job, whatever position, whatever you're doing right now, if that's what God has planned for you in this season, then you're going to experience contentment. When you know that it's time for a season to move on is when you know that God's grace has lifted in a particular area. It could be on a job. It could, be, it could be in any area of life. It could be even in a church. There's times when God wants to move you someplace. And you say, well, wait, you're not doing such a great job as a pastor. You're, you're talking about people leave. No, sometimes people need to go. 
Sometimes people, because if, if it's God's will now for you to take what you've learned and go someplace else and bring what you've learned, or if it's time for, for maybe God wants to bring you someplace because there's a certain relationship that you're going to build, or be sensitive to those things. And there's, there's people right now that are sitting around on the weekends that are supposed to be, maybe be here in New Beginnings. Maybe New Beginnings Brick, maybe New Beginnings Bayville. Upcoming soon, maybe it's gonna, there's plenty of people that are going to wake up one morning and, and feel like, whoa, I feel like I'm supposed to go to that new church in Wall. <laughs> the key is to walk in the season of grace that God has for you. Man, that's for somebody tonight. So, vision is a powerful concept. That's what we're talking about. We started last week. We're continuing this week. We're going to continue next weekend. Vision is a powerful concept. Now, listen, I want you to get this. Okay, because so many people have vision on the inside and they don't recognize what it is. They think it's just a dream, it's a whim, it's a, it's, a, it's a passing desire. But listen, vision is, the, it, 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 it creates a picture on the inside. It develops on the inside of us that picture that motivates us, that inspires us to move forward. It inspires us enough to endure hardship it inspires us enough to sacrifice whatever is necessary in order for us to accomplish something good. Without a vision, nobody moves. The Bible says, without vision, my people perish. They perish. They just sit by and just float through life. And the worst possible thing is to waste the time that you have on earth here, no matter how many years it is. We're supposed to be accomplishing something that has eternal value and eternal uh, redemptive quality. Vision is, is the wonderful ability given to us by God himself. However, if it is not pursued with God in mind, it can become one of the most frustrating aspects of life. Frustration can be avoided completely by making sure that our personal vision has God's vision as its foundation. What do you mean, Pastor? This is what I'm talking about. Everyone has dreams. and Everyone should have dreams. Everyone, every human being that's alive should have some vision of something for the future, no matter what age. That's what keeps us going. That's what motivates us to get out of bed in the morning, brush our teeth, put your shoes on, get out of the house. There's something, there's an expectation. But listen, if our personal vision, the thing that is driving us personally, does not have God's vision at its foundation, you can spend your whole life wasting your time and never get to the place where there's any, any heavenly reward to what we've been pursuing all of our lives. In other words, whatever we set out to accomplish in life, listen closely, please. Whatever you and I set out to accomplish in life must eventually lead to, add to, or support God's vision. That's what you're here for. He saved you for a purpose, not just so you don't go to hell. He saved you for the purpose that there's things that he, he exposed you to in life. There were things that you learned. There were things that you've gone through. There are desires and dreams, even your personality. God wants to use to further his kingdom. God wants to use to lift a burden in somebody else's life. God wants to use to show his love to somebody who maybe you haven't even met yet. So we could say it this way. Whatever you and I set out to accomplish in life must lead to, add to, or support God's heart. And what is God's heart? We just, we just repeated those just a few minutes ago. That the lost be saved, 
You remember it? That the saved be filled with the Holy Spirit and that the filled would grow up spiritually. Because let me tell you something, there's nothing more dangerous than a person that's filled with the Holy Spirit and is not growing spiritually. They'll wreak havoc in, any, in, in a person's life. Amen? Now, God knows this. So, so what are you saying, Pastor? Let me, let me make it a little more clear. Maybe we can understand it a little bit better this way. My marriage, my family, my profession, my possessions must all reflect God's heart for others. It has got to be made available. It has got to be undergird. Your personal vision for your life has got to be based on, rooted on, or rooted in the foundation of God's heart. If what you're pouring your life out for is not leading to the lost being saved, the saved being filled, and the filled growing up, eventually, eventually, a bunch of little things will start happening. You'll start to experience frustration. And you'll, and you'll get like me, ha- having success in the business world, but feeling completely empty on the inside. Because I know, okay, I'm, I'm, we're doing good. At the high point of, of my business life, we were doing very well. Properties, cars, cash, freedom. But it was empty on the inside. I knew there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than this. Okay, now I was already a Christian. I was already saved. You listening to me? But it was empty. I know there's some of you listening. It was empty. You know what I'm talking about. It's empty. It's empty. Okay? And so, so, so what happens then? What, what happens is, here's the other thing that'll end up happening. When God begins to deal with you to start readjusting things, to maybe believe, maybe, maybe believe, I just made up a new word. <laughs> to maybe God is, is moving on you and, and very gently, very tenderly wanting you to rip out the old foundation and put in a new foundation that's based on his dreams, his vision, his plan, not only for your life, but for the life, lives of the people around you. What ends up happening is this. Your resources will start drying out. Ask me how I know. Your resources are starting. Now, now watch this now. Now watch this now, because some of you went, I did not say that God was going to drain them. What I said is this. Because you now are starting to slip out from the will of God, it's an open door for the enemy to come and attack those resources. That'll answer some questions for some people. You listening? Well, pastor, I have my own dreams. I have my own visions for my life. Okay. But who put that in your heart? If it's God, then your dreams and visions will always lead to fulfilling God's heart. God's heart. Not necessarily your heart. God's heart. It doesn't mean that everybody has to go into public ministry. But we support the ministry through the things that we do. Amen? Because the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is God's vehicle to accomplish God's heart for the people on this earth. That means our time, our talent, our treasure has got to be dedicated to God. Why? Because without him, you would have no time, you would have no talent, and you would have no treasure. So, now, we're talking about, we're talking about vision. 
We're talking about God's plan, God's vision, not just for your life. We're all like, we're all like, yeah, I just want to pursue God's vision for my life. No, no, you, 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 you're putting the spotlight in the wrong place. It's God's vision, and the deal is, how does your life fit into that? God does not build a vision around you. God takes you and plants you in his vision. You, you didn't like that. You didn't get too excited about that. Because we want the spotlight on us all the time. Do you know how long I ran away from this call? I knew the first year I was born again that I was going to end up in, in public ministry like this. I did not want it. And I think the fact that I did not want it qualified for me for that more than anything else. Because I've seen too many people get, get, get starry-eyed over being in the ministry and have no clue what the ministry is about. Usually that person has a vision built around them and they see how God's going to fit into it. What do you think happens in a case like that? Disaster. Disaster. My marriage, my family, my profession, my abilities, my talents, my possessions must all reflect God's heart for people. It has got to be about somebody else. It cannot be about you. It cannot be about me. Amen? I hope we understand that. You got you to gotta go back to this. You got to go back to a statement that Jesus made that must have shocked the disciples when he heard it. I believe it's in Matthew chapter 12. I'm not 100% sure. But he said this, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. What was he saying? Unless you die to yourself, unless you die to your dreams, unless you die to your spotlight, unless you die to all of that, you think you're all that in a bag of Fritos, unless you die to that, you abide alone. But if you'll die, if you'll, if you'll, if you'll be willing to put your dreams, your vision, the things that you want on the altar, you know what that means to put it on the altar? There's only one thing that went on the altar in the Old Testament, and that was a live animal, and it didn't walk away. You catching this? It's got to die. It's got to die. You cannot experience the resurrection without a death. It always goes over real big. I'm not surprised that not one person saying amen, because that is like a real popular message. Oh, so in other words, I've got to empty myself. Yeah, pretty much, because two people can't live in that body. Either Jesus is going to live through us, or you're going to live? Which one do you think is going to be more successful? Jesus. Jesus. So frustration comes when we try to carry out our vision apart from God's vision. Because two visions competing next to each other is called division. And what does it produce? Division. It produces division in the person's heart. It produces division in the people around them. It produces division in the organization that they will try to raise up. The two will eventually clash with one another. And God desires for our heart to be joined to his and for our heart to be united in purpose, focused, united, okay, laser-focused. So listen to Psalm 119, verse 10. With all my heart I have sought you. 
Oh, let me not wander from your commandment. And that's not talking about the Ten Commandments. That's talking about the commandment. What has he spoken to you? What has he spoken to you? That's God's commandment to you for your life. And the psalmist here says, I've sought you with my whole heart. In other words, here's, here's the progression. I sought you with my whole heart. You told me what my life was supposed to be about. Now don't let me wander from that. Why? Why? Why do you think there'd be a temptation to wander? Because just because God called you to some place and to do something does not mean that it's going to be smooth. Well, pastor, if I'm following God's will, is everything going to be a disaster or is everything going to be good? And the answer is yes. <laughs> there will be times. Why? Because you, you're... You're called to be an overcomer. If there's nothing to overcome, then you don't deserve that title. So there's going to be things to overcome. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be hurdles. There's going to be things to press through and move on from. And sometimes that's the qualification of knowing that you're in God's will. Not always. Not always. There's going to be times. When things are going to be a little bit easier because God's grace is just going to be manifesting in certain seasons of life. The message translation of Psalm 119.10 says it this way. I love this. I'm, I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. Have you, ever, have you ever gone through a period of life and you look back and went, man, did I miss those road signs? Okay, I'm the only one. Okay, okay. Now Jesus calls us However, he lets us decide if we're going to follow his vision or not. He lets us decide. Why? He's love. He's given you free will. He's given me free will. I love when people say, no, no, pastor, I had no choice. Uh, just God wouldn't let me. I had to do that. Now, that sounds, see, see if, you're, if you're driven for something, uh, that might be a clue that there's somebody else behind that rather than God because God doesn't drive anybody. The enemy drives. The enemy's a taskman. The enemy's, the enemy's got a whip in his hand. Okay, you have free choice. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. You could just see him kind of like kidding with this guy and kind of like poking at him. Like, what do you, why do you call me good? What was he really saying? Do you really know who I am? Do you really know who I am? Or are you just trying to butter me up? Do you really know who I am? And so, verse 18. Excuse me, excuse me, let me finish that one. Listen to the question. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It's interesting, the terminology, to inherit eternal life. He recognized, this is really not something I can, I can earn. It's not really something that I can, but, but how do I inherit it? How does it become my possession? And Jesus said to him, again, why do you call me good? Only God is good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. 
You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, telling us he really didn't know who he's talking to. I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Verse 21 is probably one of the most important verses in the Gospels. 21, looking at the man, watch this now, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Jesus felt the connection with this man. Jesus, felt, Jesus saw in this man's soul, this guy's off, but he's got great potential. He's not there yet, but I got to give him an opportunity to grow. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Verse 22, at this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. I don't think the many possessions were the problem. I think if this man had few possessions, he still would have went away sad. Because the fact wasn't the possessions, the fact of the condition of his heart that he could not let go of the things he had security in in order to follow someone who would have required faith and would have required trust. Are you following me? Yes. Now, here is one of the scariest things in life. And I want you to hear this. I want you to hear it clear. God will let you carry out your own vision if you insist. He'll let you do it. He let this man walk away. And the hard life lesson is this. Jesus did not stop this man and try to talk him out of walking away. Jesus let him go. I know that it, it, might, not, it might not line up with the Jesus that you created in your head, but the fact of the matter is the scriptures tell us Jesus let him walk away. That should scare us. That should scare us. Because we have no idea if this man changed later on. When we get to heaven, we'll find out. But we have no idea. That man had no idea the opportunity that he was being presented with. To exchange the lower life to walk in the higher life. He perceived that in order for him to walk the higher life, the price was too high. So many fail to realize that when God calls us to be part of his vision, it's a supernatural thing. You think about it. The creator of the universe, who could pick any number of individuals out of billions of people that are on the earth, invites you to be part of his team. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? Now listen to me. I want you to grasp this. Because I don't know if you I don't know if you are yet. Okay? I I spoke about this last weekend, that it took a number of years for, for the Holy Spirit to get me to, to lift my eyes up and to start thinking bigger. And I knew it was going to come with a cost, and I knew it was going to come with a lot of pushback. But watch this now. God needed me to stop thinking like a small local church and start thinking as a regional influence in this area. Amen. Okay? You, you following me? Yes. Now, is this your church? 
if this is your church, and I realize there's people here tonight might be visiting with us. Maybe you're like, whatever. But understand this. Understand this, okay? If this is your church, we're called to be a regional influence. I don't say that with boasting. Are you kidding me? At this point in life, I'd like to start taking it easy a little bit. <laughs> but I understand this. There's a reason why he's called us. I don't know that we understand it fully. I don't know that we ever will. But this I know. God himself could have chosen from billions of people all over this planet, but he's chosen this group in this area that calls New Beginnings their home. You listening to me? What? This is a super, that is a supernatural thing. That is a supernatural thing. I'm not bragging. I hope you're not taking it that way. And I could speak this without a sense of concern about that because it's taken years to develop that, that attitude in me to start to think bigger, to start to thinking out of the box, to start, to start understanding that it was going to require a lot more responsibility. It's going to require a lot more help, going to require a lot more resources. But I see throughout the years that he's been supplying all the things that we need. Okay, Now, there's not a warehouse someplace where they all are, not in the natural. But what I have learned and what I continue to see unfolding continuously is you don't have it now because you don't need it right now. Because when you need it, guess what? It shows up. That's faith. That's faith. The important part is this. If you have to wait till you have it, you never will. But if you can start taking steps... Understanding that there's hardship ahead. Understanding that it might get tight at times. But understanding that you have a God that has already promised that I will supply all your needs according to the riches and glory through Christ Jesus. All right, listen. If you are still able to start taking steps, guess what? Whatever you need will be there when you need it. Now, here's the, here's the coolest thing about this whole concept of vision. When you and I respond yes to being part of that team, we discover qualities and talents we never knew we had. Think about it. Think about it. When we step out and we say yes, we know that God's tugging on us. We, we, he knows he wants us to get involved somewhere or to step out or, or to trust him for a specific thing. We start discovering talents we never knew we had. Jesus called Simon Peter while he was fishing. Peter could have never imagined that he would be speaking to tens of thousands of people on the day of Pentecost. Peter could have never imagined, while he's out there getting sardines out of the Sea of Galilee, he could have never imagined that one day he would be standing outside the temple in Jerusalem speaking to thousands and thousands of individuals. He could have never imagined that his little 15-minute sermon was going to cause 3,000 people that day to say, we want Jesus Christ. But he stepped out, and he let Jesus do a work in him. Matthew, the tax collector, despised and hated by everyone that knew him, would have laughed at the idea that he would be the one to tell the story about Jesus' unconditional love. Hated, rejected, despised tax collector. Saul of Tarsus, a man who was looked upon as the eradicator of these heretics, 
called Christ followers. The man who stood and held the cloaks of the men who were stoning Stephen, the first martyr of the church, would later be the person who would write these words to the church at Rome. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I doubt very much if he, while he was standing there watching Stephen being stoned to death, rocks flying all over the place, dust flying up in the air that he could have ever possibly imagined. But what happens? When you say yes to God's plan, when you say yes to God's vision, then the things that he deposited on the inside of you that you never had a clue that you possessed are all of a sudden unlocked and made available to the very people who need it the most. Amen? Amen? The fact is when we connect to God's vision, we become changed more and more into the person that God originally designed us to be. There's a story in the New Testament. It's a letter that Paul wrote to a man named Philemon. It's a very small letter in the New Testament compared to some others. Onesimus was a fugitive slave of a man named Philemon. Philemon was the master. Onesimus is the slave. The slave became the Apostle Paul's friend. Onesimus had robbed his master Philemon and fled to Rome, a large city where he could easily hide out. By divine plan, Onesimus encounters Paul in Rome where the Apostle was serving time in prison. Paul leads Onesimus to Christ and Onesimus becomes an important help to Paul while he's in Rome. Paul writes to Philemon and lets him know, your slave, the one that ran away from you, the one that robbed you, he's here in Rome with me. And he refers to Onesimus, Paul refers to Onesimus as his son. Paul uses a play on words here when he refers to Onesimus. In verse 11, formerly he was useless to you, but now he's writing to Philemon about Onesimus, Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful to both, both to you and to me. You see, the name Onesimus means helpful, useful, or profitable. Before salvation, Onesimus was useless and unprofitable to Philemon, but now he's become immensely beneficial to both his master and to Paul. Once he stepped into God's plan for his life, Onesimus, watch this now, grew into his name. God has a name. He's got a position. He's got a title. He has a function. He's waiting for you to grow into it. But he cannot do it if you constantly are resisting, constantly rejecting, constantly wanting to walk away. There has to be agreement there. You have to welcome the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life to change you, to mold you, to change you, to equip you, to transform you so that you can grow into that person that God designed you to be. Amen? Amen. Now, when we answer God's call, we go. 
from unprofitable to profitable in the kingdom of God. There's no doubt that Onesimus sensed this, this discovered the sense of peace, discovered the sense of fulfillment they had never experienced before. Now, the interesting thing is, Onesimus does not cease being a slave. You, you, you imagine that? Because people would say, well, of course, yeah. You know, he, he meets Paul, he's free. He, no, he's not free. He's a runaway slave. And he willingly goes back to serve his master. But the person who left Philemon did not come back. A different person came back. Useful came back. Profitable came back. Valuable came back. Amen? Amen. That same sense of peace, that same sense of fulfillment is waiting for you. Now, there, there, there are some of you, I would venture to say uh, more than not, that you've yielded to God's plan for your life. You, you, you're, you're, in, you're, you're, you're realizing that he's including you in, in a vision that he has to bring to pass. And, and, and you're on your way. You're walking it out, just like I'm walking it out. But there's some others. You're, you're, you're not content. You don't feel fulfilled. You don't have that sense of peace. That I urge you. I'm begging you for your sake. Start responding to what God's speaking to you about. I don't, I'm not going to stand up here and, and, and lead you to believe that I know exactly what it is. But God has a plan. God spoke to someone to allow him to get you into a position where somebody else that maybe you had never met before, in obedience to God, found themselves in connection with you, and those individuals obeyed God and influenced your life to the point where you're, you're here right now. How about you allow God to position you, to plant you, to use you, to influence somebody else's life, maybe a group of individuals, maybe a family, Maybe they're neighbors that you live close by. Maybe they're coworkers that you see throughout the week. Why don't you let him use you? Why don't you let him use you in this function here, this, 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 this thing that's happening here that we call church, that God's given us the ability to, to reach out now and reach different communities, entire geographic regions, how about you stop settling for the spectator life and start stepping up? And start stepping up and start saying, here, Lord, I, I don't know what you can use me for. I don't know what you can do with me, but, but wherever you want to use me, Father, wherever you want to use me, Lord, wherever you want to use me, Lord, my God, the adventures that you have before you. And the scary thing is, if you don't step out, you might miss out on some of the greatest adventures of your life that God had planned for you. Amen? Amen. God sent Jesus. 
Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit wants to equip and send us to help bring the Father's vision to pass. Let him take those talents that are laying dormant right now on the inside of you and turn them loose on the world. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Amen? Amen. Why don't we pray before we go any further? Father, thank you so much. Lord, thank you for all that you're stirring up in us this weekend. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every person that's listening to this, every person that's watching this, Father, every person that has been exposed to this, Lord, would yield themselves to the Holy Spirit, allowing you to come in and to plant a seed of a picture of what the future could be like. Father, would you please show them a tiny fragment of the vision that you have for their lives. Father, enough to get them to start taking the first steps towards the fulfillment of your dream for every one of our lives. Father, I pray that you'll do this and I pray that every single person would allow you free course and free reign in their lives. That they would just open up and say, here I am. Here I am, Father. Even as Mary said to Gabriel, I am the servant of the Lord. Father, we know that this would glorify you, this would bless you, and this will affect people's lives. Father, we trust you to do all these things in us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.